0: Everyone, welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned podcast. The dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. Welcome back to another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. I am Suzanne, head coach of Grace Financial Coaching, and I am super excited to welcome my friend Seth Russ today. Hey, Seth, how are you?
1: Doing good, Suzanne. Thank you for having me on.
0: Excellent. So Seth, for everybody, is uh, the owner of Russ Financial Coaching. He is the founder of the Kefale Initiative, and um, I can't wait to hear about the dumb things he's done with money. So Seth, before we get into that, tell me a little bit about your financial coaching business.
1: Yeah, so I've been a coach for a little over two years now. I'm um, I mean, a fellow RPC just like you, Suzanne. Um, but my whole thing is I got into coaching because I actually started off making stupid mistakes, but I got into coaching because I wanted to help people overcome some of the fear. And some of the overwhelmingness that can happen when people are struggling financially. And through this two and a half year process of being a a coach and everything, I now focus, help people focus on correcting the habits and the mindsets and the behaviors that have kind of gotten them into the hole that they're in, correcting those so that they can experience whatever their version of financial freedom is.
0: Awesome. I love it. Yes. So we are both RPCs trained in the Dame, Dave Ramsey method. Uh, let's talk about the Kefale initiative. What's that?
1: Yeah, so that is a men's group that is helping men to become leaders formed in Christ's image. And so that, I never had like a mentor growing up. My dad's a pastor and he's like the closest thing I've ever had to like a true mentor. Um, but also, I struggled a lot growing out, coming out of college of feeling alone and feeling isolated. There wasn't a bunch of young men at my church and there wasn't a bunch of young men that I knew that, wanted to become more Christ-like become you know the men that God wanted them to be and so I was had this idea to start this group, talk with a bunch of other men they were like, yes I need that and it wasn't just you know I'm 25 so it wasn't just other 25 year olds you know it was people in their 30s and 40s and even up into their 50s and so I launched this group literally to help them become the men and the leaders that God has intended them to be. And kafale is the Greek word for head. Um, And it's not to say like men are the head of the world or all that kind of stuff. But it actually comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where it says Christ is the head of every man. And understanding that, you know, we have to submit to him, we need to become more like him. And all things flow through him and through us. And so that's kind of the idea behind the group. And it's very, very new, literally uh, like two weeks old uh, is when I launched it. But uh, my goal is to grow it into where we have groups meeting online two or three times a month. We have live conferences. We'll have like weekend retreats where we go hiking, camping, canoeing, kayaking, just that kind of stuff to um, do some manly things, but also to, you know, do some deep dive, have real conversations and help each other grow into being those leaders.
0: There is nothing wrong with manly things. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely. Um, I think it is in, I mean, I think I might actually send you my husband's email address after this conversation Do it, do
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because it's true. It's, um, you know, we actually happen to be uh, in our, uh, my husband uh, just turned 40. So we happen to be a little towards the end of the 30s spectrum. Um, but we actually have a difficult time in our church finding people our age. There are people older and there are people who are 25. So just as you had a problem finding the 25 year olds, we actually have a hard time finding the late 30s, early 40s group in our particular location. There is a ton of groups for under 30 20 you know 18 to 22 girls 18 to 22 guys and then you know 25 to 29 guys and um, it's it's actually a, a bit of a weird area that's not um, served by this particular uh, we love the location yeah. we love the pastors it just happens to be that there's not a lot of people yeah. in our age range. Oh, yeah. So I absolutely love this. Um, that is absolutely amazing. Definitely going to help you promote that. I think that's fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. So I created this show, Seth, to help people realize that, like you said, we all make financial mistakes. And even though, you know, you and I are the experts now, mm-hmm. uh, we've <laughs> everybody can learn from our experiences, right? So Seth, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done with money?
1: Oh, man. So this is a little embarrassing because I was actually a coach and had been a coach for over a year when this happened. And so earlier this year, beginning of the year uh, in February, uh, my wife got into a car accident and thank God she was okay. Everybody else was okay, But we had just recently dropped our full coverage on the car. The car had gotten over 100000 miles. We had a fully funded emergency fund. Car was less than ten. It was right around ten thousand dollars value. And I was like, "Ah, eh, we're good. We're good. We got it." Uh, I was like, "My wife's a better driver or more careful driver." I'll say that more careful driver than I am. So I was like, "If anyone's going to be in a wreck, it's going to be me," <laughs> where it's I'm causing it. But it was a very rainy night, and not to get into all the details, but uh, she was unable to stop in time and ended up uh, hitting the back of another car. So obviously, it's our fault insurance you know isn't going to pay out for us to replace our vehicle and so what we thought we were going to be able to cover and we did we were able to get her a very nice used car it cost us ten thousand dollars more than what it would have cost us if we had gotten the insurance check and literally since it was so new from having this uh coverage dropped you know, I was thinking, like, if something happens, it's going to be years down the road. Like, so we're going to have all this savings every month and all this. Didn't save any money on the insurance. Had to go get a brand new car. Got no help from insurance to replace the vehicle. And so now we've had to, of course, we added it back. And we're like, OK, that was stupid. We're not going to do that now. Um, <laughs> and so that's kind of the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. It was
0: so what awesome was the make. savings from the full coverage to when you lowered it? It would have been like 80 bucks a month. You know what, though? I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing. Yeah. 80 bucks a month is a lot, you know, and we work with people who are budgeting down to the penny, right? I mean, I I talk about this one client I had, they were $3,300 a month over budget when I first got a hold of them. Yeah. So would $80 immediately have made an impact? No, we obviously clearly needed to get the spending habit under control, but by the time we got down to the bottom of the 3,300 and we're only 300 over budget, well that $80 would have made a big difference to them. Wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 So I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing. Um, but (laughs) that is definitely a tough one to swallow. I, I was brought up very similarly though. Um, our cars never had, uh, we never owned any brand new cars ever, ever, ever. Um, even when my father was, uh, in, you know, he was an engineer, so he was working in construction in lower Manhattan or, or somewhere in the city, in New York City. Um, if he was given a company car, none of them were ever new. You know, they were coming from a construction yeah. site. So it, it, we never had new cars. So I was raised to not have full coverage on my cars. Um, it never came back to bite me, but I could definitely see how it probably could have. If I, yeah. when I was in all my debt, if my car had been totaled, that would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, And the biggest thing for us was it was just overconfidence, to be honest with you. It was feeling like, you know, I'm a financial expert. We've got our emergency funds set aside. You know, we're not living paycheck to paycheck. You know, thank God, you know, we're saving money every month. And so I was like, we're good. And then that hubris, though, and that's kind of the thing. That's the lesson that I learned from it is, okay, you're never as kind of good as you want to think you are sometimes Mm -hmm. and having that extra caution having that always being aware of the what ifs like okay this could actually happen how do we protect ourselves from it and that was the biggest lesson that i learned from it but man i wish i had gone back and you know because it was literally like our insurance renewed in november so we dropped it in november fast forward to february we get in a car accident. And so we're talking literally three months. And so it's like, uh, I saved $240, quote unquote, saved $240 to spend 10,000 more. <laughs> uh, oh, so
0: so now we're recording this, this episode. It is September of 2021. Did you find when you guys went into the used, and the, this, this type of stuff kind of fascinates me. Did you guys find when you went into the used car market at that time, um, did you find that the prices had kind of gone up a little bit yet? Or was that right before everything started increasing?
1: That They hadn't quite gone up. Okay. But cars were flying off the lots, like literally. Whoa. So I remember, so we're in North Carolina and we're close to, we're in the middle of nowhere, but the biggest cities are like um, Jacksonville and Wilmington are kind of the two closest cities to us. And so we had gone down to Wilmington to look at a vehicle literally on the de- way down they had sold the car. And so Wilmington's close to a beach. And so we're like, well, my, my wife went to college there. She loves the beach. So like, well, we'll just go hang out at the beach. And um, I was like, well, we're already right down here. Do you want to go look at some other cars while we're here? We got in the car from leaving the beach, pulled up our phones, found a car, local, another car, a used car, literally seven miles away from the beach and called them. Hey, is this car available? Yeah, it's good. Can we come test drive it? We know you guys closed in 30 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Come on in. Car sold seven, like in the seven minute drive, someone had come in, bought it and like started the paperwork. And we were like, you have got to be kidding me.
0: So you guys were starting to see this run on, yes. on used cars yes. right before it really got completely out of control. Yes. It, it is out of control still. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's out of control throughout the entire country. You know, I'm we're based out of uh, Virginia Beach right now, and like you said, it's you can't even get um, you can't even get down to the dealership to test drive anything, and it's already gone. Um, most listings of people that I know who are looking actively looking for cars right now, they don't even you know they see it online, and then they've gotten to a point where it's like I'm not even gonna believe that. it's almost like going on Zillow and like yeah. the house already sold <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm just go there. And if it's there, it's not. And if there's something else, that's great because it really is unbelievable to me. Um, I was talking to a rental car. I had to uh, get a rental car last weekend for a wedding. And, um, I was talking to the guy behind the desk and I said, I said, have you, uh, I said, you know, you guys are obviously slammed. There was 16 people in the waiting room. (laughs) And, um, I said, do you guys have enough vehicles right now? And he goes, yeah, we're finally starting to get those you know those kind of base model cars where you yeah. know I was in a, I was in a twenty twenty one Toyota Camry that already had a dent in the front like so this thing oh, wow. had obviously been driven <laughs> but the whole used car market thing is really with the way that COVID landed and everything I just find the whole thing very interesting so yeah. I am glad that you guys got something before yeah. it got you know double the price and shot up so that's awesome yeah. so if you could go back obviously we wouldn't have canceled the full coverage but what do you think? if you could go back and kind of convince yourself to not cancel it, what do you think you would have told yourself?
1: I would have told myself if looking at the value of the car, what that would, what the check would have been written for the entire total. If the car was totaled, the check would have been written to replace the vehicle. But not only that, we did not consider the cost of actually buying a new vehicle or a new to us vehicle. And so while it would have paid out about $10,000, my wife drives about an hour one way from her work. And so, oh, wow. you know, we need something, want something low, lower mileage, good on gas, but also something fairly newer um, instead of, you know, something that's 15 years old, 200,000 miles. And so yeah, we didn't take into account what the cost would actually be to replace the vehicle with something that's suitable for her. And so we actually ended up getting her I think it was I think about a $15,000 car. So gotcha. not only did we not get the $10,000, we had to go $5,000 above. And so instead of just taking $5,000 out of our savings, we had to take 15. And so we didn't take into that take that into account, and so I wish we had, you know, just thought about that better of while this is what insurance would pay out, this is actually the true cost of right. replacing, there's, you know, there's two different things there. This is what the cost of losing the insurance coverage, but here's the actual cost of replacing the vehicle. Right. And so I really wish we had gone back or we really wish we had thought about that in the time. And it was mostly, I admit it, it was mostly me, my wife, uh, while we are both involved in our finances and talk regularly and do our budget together, my wife, you know, trusts what I have to say about money. So when I come and say, have a suggestion, she's usually like, okay, I trust you. And this one time I failed, you know, admit it, it's hard as that is to say, but I failed in leading our finances and, you know, offering something smart. Um, So I just really wish we had counted the true cost of the event that we were trying to prevent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I can definitely say about that is thank God you don't have like, you know, five teenage boys running around the house and, and, you know, (laughs) now you learned this lesson early enough. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That once you guys do have kids, you know, and they get to be teenagers, that's one thing I will, I will leave everyone with this for sure. That's one thing I tell people, the second you have a teenage driver in that house, they need to be on their own insurance Yeah. because if they rear end somebody and they're on your insurance, yeah, I know you're saving a few thousand dollars a year. That could be a hundred thousand dollar accident. It could be a $200,000 accident. Somebody really gets hurt. It could be a million dollar accident. Yeah. Is that worth saving the $1,600 a year to have your teenage son on your insurance? Exactly. It's not. It's not, and I've seen it happen. (laughs) And That's exactly the mentality we
1: had. We're going to save just this little bit and just completely push this, the probability of this huge accident happen. We're just going to push that. That's not going to happen.
0: It happens. It happens, you right? have to be protected from that. Yep. And that little bit of insurance is what's eliminating the risk, right? That larger yep. risk, that, that big risk. So awesome, Seth. I really want to thank you for being so honest and open with us. <laughs> uh, make sure to join me next week, everybody, for another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. And if you have not seen our previous recordings, check out the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel. Thanks so much. again to our guests for their honesty and for sharing their financial blunders with us. Join me again next week for another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.